Lord. Whatever you lay down for the kingdom, that's your expectation. Your motivation is always there. You can't extend grace to people unless you love them. Pursuing relationship on purpose. When I'm interacting with people, I have to say, Lord, what do you see and what do you want to do? And what's my part in that? When we see we have worth and value, there is something that clicks in our mind. I'm coming out of this because of who I am. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Encounter Culture Podcast, episode two of season two. Josh Coat with you. I'm your host, and this is the place where we pursue relationship on purpose. Some of those relationships are really close. Some of them are an arm's length away, and some of them we have to kind of reach across the aisle for. But I want to talk a little bit about those relationships that are the closest to us, our relationships with our spouse or with our children. And today we're going to dive into that subject, talking about family relationships and how the dynamics of family can be somewhat of a challenge to navigate. People in your family have all different types of personalities and interests and skills and talents, and we have to be able to prefer one another in the home. And that can be a challenge, especially whenever you become very, very familiar When you become really familiar with someone, you not only tend to overlook the benefits of what they bring into your life and the joy that they give you, but you also tend to nitpick and criticize a little bit too much whenever they don't quite get it right. And a lot of the time we have to consciously steward our hearts in family relationships toward our children, toward our wife, toward our husband. It's not always easy to do. But we have the responsibility to steward our hearts well. You know, the word says that out of the abundance of the heart flow the issues of life. Another verse says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So our hearts and how they're positioned will always dictate how we respond, how we speak, how we interact with other people. And those that we interact with the most are in our own household. You know, as a husband and a parent, I've always got to make that conscious decision to stay the same. And that's not always easy, and I've not always gotten it right. But as I yield and adapt to the work of Christ inside of me, as I continue to keep my eyes single on the thing that matters most, which is my intimacy with Jesus, my connection with the Father, the way that He's made for me to come into intimacy with the Father, to learn of Him, and to be more and more like Him as He begins to live His life in and through me. If we keep our hearts open, yielded, and adapted to the work of Holy Spirit inside of us, we will respond as the Heavenly Father does, as a father or mother to our children, and we will respond as a loving husband or as Christ does to the church. If we are a good tree, then we're going to bear good fruit. And the thing that we do to stay in the right perspective as a good tree is to steward our hearts well. And that is an intimate place with the Lord. And as we begin to learn of Him and get closer to Him and allow Him to live His life in and through us, then we reflect the glory of the Lord. We reflect His glory in our relationships, especially those in our home. So today I'm going to be sitting down with the wife of Will Brown, who we interviewed last week. Amanda Brown will be sitting down with me, and we're going to be talking about the dynamics of family and some of those tools that 
they've used throughout the years to get to know their children better, to get to know each other better in their marriage. And these are some really helpful things, practical things that you can apply to your life. So you definitely want to stick around for this conversation with Amanda Brown coming up right after this. What if there was a place where the body of Christ, regardless of background or denomination, could come together and worship our King? What if we could have an extended session of worship? Wouldn't that be like heaven on earth? Well, there is a place like that, and it's happening all over our city, all over our region. Every quarter, a different house of worship hosts Incense Rising, where lovers of Jesus come and worship in this extended 24-hour period of expression and encounter. Come, be a part of the next Incense Rising, hosted at Joplin Family Worship Center, starting Friday, September 15th at 7 p.m. and continuing until Saturday, September 16th at 7 p.m. Find out more at incenserising.org. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Welcome back to the Encounter Culture Podcast, where we pursue relationship on purpose. I'm glad to be sitting across the table from a lovely young woman. I'd call you a young woman. You're younger than I am. Maybe a minute. <laughs> a, little, a little longer than a minute. <laughs> A guest we had on, Will Brown, his lovely wife, Amanda Brown. Thank you for being on with me today. Thank you for having me. For our listeners that may not be familiar with you or your family, tell us a little brief history of yourself and what you're up to nowadays. Will and I have been married for a million years, <laughs> and we have five kids. Two are adults and out of the house, and one is married and have a grandbaby. And then I still have three at home. I homeschool, and I work in the business, so I do a lot of things. So you're a professional multitasker? Yes. Whenever I bring up the subject matter of relationship and stewarding that well, what comes to mind for you? First and foremost would be my family, first my relationship with Christ, but followed very closely with my marriage and then my relationship with our kids. Walking through family relationships, through marriage, through being a parent, uh, you learn a lot of life lessons along the way. You learn how you've done things wrong, and you learn how to improve those things. You also learn some things that you implement, and they are staples in your life. Share with us a little bit about some of those things that you've learned. So, one of the things that uh, we have learned is that we're not infallible as parents, and that when we recognize that we've done wrong, uh, maybe we've yelled at our kids or said no when we should have said yes, or even said yes when we should have said no. Mm -hmm. We have really tried to make it a discipline for ourselves to go to that child and apologize and just repent to them, because when they do wrong, we always ask them to repent before the Lord and to whomever they need to repent to. So, we try to just not be any different or above that. That's one of the main staples that we do. Um, and then just purposing to tie heartstrings with one another. Like, if we've acted ill against one another, you know, we we have severed a heartstring. So, we always try to make purpose in restoring that. And that's part of what asking for forgiveness does. How do you stay close with your kids? How do you keep that door open so that you're a trusted source, a safe place? Well... One of the things that um, I think 
kids and the church in general has a hard time talking about is sex and our bodies and relationships that go along with that. And so something that um, we have purposed to do is just to be very open about um, our relationship as a marriage and then also just, you know, if they have questions, not to laugh at them. Obviously, sometimes they're just funny, but um, just trying to be real with them and being like, everybody has these questions, and that's okay to have questions. And I'd rather answer them as mom and dad than them going to their friends and asking for answers. So we've always tried to really be open doors about anything that they're trying to understand as they mature and grow. And just trying to be that voice of wisdom and pointing them back to the Word of God. What are some routines that you've established, traditions so, even in our busiest times, we have always tried to establish two things kind of come to mind with that on a daily basis, and that's family dinners, for one, um, and even the big kids still try to come regularly to that. The other one would be an early bedtime for our kids. <laughs> so, I know they're older now, Um they're 16, 14, and 11, so they don't always love going to bed early. But on school nights, we just still try to establish that as best as we can with our busyness. But uh, it gives Will and I time to have alone time as husband and wife before we go to bed. Otherwise, we're staying up super late, too. We've always felt like that was important. What is an early bedtime? <laughs> Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Wow. I know everybody makes fun of me, and I will be real. It is not really eight o'clock anymore. I still tell them that's their bedtime, but in great honesty, lights aren't usually out until closer to nine. <laughs> yeah. And one of them dances, um, so we're actually not even ho- like that one doesn't even get home until ten o'clock some nights. And so right. it's 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 all relative, but it's our goal. It's our goal if we're all home to get in bed at eight eight thirty. Before midnight. Before midnight. Because if you're heading to bed, then then I have time to get right. ready and relax. And We've noticed that. We always had an early bedtime with our kids. And as they approach and are now in their teenage years, that tends to get pushed back a little bit later every so often. So. It does. But actually, one of my adult kids still loves an early bedtime. So she, I love an early bedtime. Yeah, are you kidding me? She's an old soul. <laughs> So, what are some of the takeaways that you've learned about parenting, about marriage, something that has just kind of happened and you're like, wow, I I never really saw that before, and now it's something that I do intentionally? I'm not really sure. I think it was probably passed to us, but we kind of owned at some point, and that was just to be intentional with our time and not wait till the kids were out of the house to like have alone time or to date because then we don't know who each other are anymore at that point. So just to intentionally travel together and take weekends away or just to be purposeful in that time even to not talk about the kids, and that is very hard. Mm-hmm. Especially for you mamas. Yes, yeah. that is very hard. It usually takes me a longer trip to like get into that. <laughs> like the Will, first Will two and days. I probably have no problem doing that. <laughs> He's we like, what kids? We have kids? Up. I don't remember them. <laughs> but... No, it usually takes me, I don't know, it usually takes a day or two of, okay, I can't talk about the kids. What are we going to talk about? And getting back into that groove of who were we, what did we talk about before we had kids? So, 
that's probably one of them. And then just intentionally, um, again, tying heartstrings with each of our kids individually and focusing regularly on what is unique about them, what God put in them that makes them special, and, you know, why I always joke with each of them that they're my favorite. And I, I do that too. And I have to tell them why they're my favorite. So it makes me purpose to be like, you're my favorite because blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, you're my favorite to do this with, or you're my favorite for this reason, or whatever. Yeah, I, I had the, I don't know, the disappointment, I guess you could say, of my kids finding out that I told the other ones <laughs> that they were my favorite. And uh, one evening I was tucking in Judah and Grace overheard me telling him, you know, you're my favorite, right? Oh, she was devastated. Just devastated. And I said, you're both my favorites. You're both my favorites. You're my favorite Grace. You're my favorite Judah. Andrea's my favorite Andrea. (laughs) They're all my favorite. Yeah, they're all my favorites. But yeah, it's important that kids know that they're favored. Yes. Yes. Talk a little bit about that showing your kids favor and how that's been a good thing in your family? I think it's kind of hard because I think we've done it better as we've grown older. And so the older ones are like, hey, you didn't treat us like that. (laughs) (laughs) And so we, we do hear that from time to time, but we just try to explain to them, aren't they glad that we've grown as parents? Because how sad if we didn't. So for us, you know, we have done a few different things. Like, they all are so different. Like, it's so unique that they can grow up in the same house with the same two parents and all the same humans in their life, but be so radically different. I think grace and favor for each of them means something different to each of them. Like, one of them is affirmation. Like, that is her language, and that jazzes her. Um, and another one is quality time. And so, that one feels very miffed if we're not tying heartstrings by sitting on the couch snuggling, you know, certain hours of the week. So it just depends on, you know, knowing our kids and and asking God to show us their hearts and how we can connect with each of them so individually. Yeah. You mentioned love languages. I love having tools that we can utilize in understanding one another better. Yes. One of the tools that you've implemented, we've implemented it here as well in our family and even promoted it through Encounter Culture. Van and Tammy Benson have been on the program. Yes. And you guys have gone through the color code. You use yes. it in your business, use it in your family. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that journey and what you've learned from that. Oh, so insightful. So insightful. So for Will and I, a big aha moment with that actually was before we ever even took a class or had met Van and Tammy, who now we have learned to love. But mm-hmm. um, before we had even met them, I was actually at a retreat um, with some friends of mine. Uh, it was just a girl's retreat. And one of them had been through the class and was actually talking about how she had learned that her husband is red and he would speak to her with what she called his red voice. And it was just mind-blowing. It was this huge aha moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, Will does that all the time. Like, I recognize that. And so, it was just a game changer for our marriage because then I wasn't feeling attacked I was like able to have words to go, are you in your red voice? Are you really meaning to be? Or are you just talking loudly? <laughs> and so right. giving tools and having words to like understand that. So we immediately got into class and was able to have those tools, you know, with deeper knowledge. But that was a big aha moment for me as a white to not feel attacked when my husband's speaking in red intentionally or not. And then for our kids, just to know them and 
to see their little personalities or now the adults big personalities and just to be able to relate like oh I see you're acting in this or in that and that's okay that's okay because that's who God made you to be but even being able to chart that out and to show the kids each other's color codes. And that's something we've done here at work. Um, Like you mentioned, we have it on everybody's door so that when you're walking into an office, you know, if you're dealing with a blue that you, you know, shouldn't come on strong, they're very relational. And so when you come in storming and upset about something that had nothing to do with them, they're still going to take it personally. (laughs) So, so married to one. So, yeah. So, (laughs) yes. So my blues are like that, you know, and sometimes my little yellow bless her heart, she's bouncing off the walls trying to be hilarious and just have fun. And everyone's completely annoyed by her. (laughs) Like, can you calm down, please? So, so just having understanding, I think, has led to having a lot of grace with one another and then being able to have language and tools to, you know, actually say that, like, your yellow is leaking and you're really annoying me right now. (laughs) So, that's been kind of a game changer in recent years for them. I've noticed that your two youngest, actually your three youngest, are very evenly balanced Mm -hmm. in the colors. They are. One's almost 25 each color. Yeah, Yeah. She's almost exactly quarter. Yeah, how has that challenged you, and what's that been like? Honestly, she's not even the one that's more challenging. The one that is the least balanced is the one that is probably the more challenging. And really, she's most like me, but she doesn't always want to be peaceful about how she is responding in a situation. So, her secondary anger comes out a lot. And so, just the challenge of having to teach her to to respond differently and, and understand how she's causing rifts with other people in the home with her reactions but having the tools to do that through the color code and how it lends back to god's word and just pointing her back in in that direction has been so evident in her maturity i think so she a white red she is wow yes that's that's very rare yes yes um yeah, so she's kind of a ball of fun. But yeah, she really remains mostly in her white. But when she's in a negative mood, it's mm. definitely the, the negative of the red that shows. And yes. Yeah, that can be challenging. Yes. One of my big aha moments in the last few years as a mom with adult kids out of the house, getting married and moving forward, is as a mom, I've always felt very responsible for their mistakes like that was my bad parenting but as they've grown into adulthood I've just had to like really learn and allow God to show me that they're making their own choices and those don't reflect on me I raised them how I felt led to raise them and how I felt guided by the Lord to raise them but in that they still had to learn to make their own decisions just like you and I do every day and so some of those are disappointing and some of those are so exhilarating that's like off the charts and I'm like this is how God feels when we make good choices I like this or this is how God feels when we make bad choices (laughs) so just relieving myself of that was just um, it was a hard separation as a mom to not not see or allow that to reflect on me yeah that can be a tough thing to because i didn't do the good thing either you know like when they're doing good i wasn't like oh wow i did that um but when they did bad i would as a mom often feel guilt that i didn't do enough and so i i wasn't fair to myself i think a lot of parents do that especially moms Mm -hmm. moms tend to take you know the burden of guilt for anything that the kids tend to 
you know, not make the best choices. And right. Now that was my fault. But yeah, we've walked through that as well, Ashley and I have. And uh, our middle daughter. Yes made some tough choices Mm -hmm. early on in her teenage years and there was some really tough years there in our relationship and you know the lord has been very gracious and brought her back around and given her a wonderful partner to do life with it's good to add to family isn't it it is it is you've got a son in love i do have a son in love (laughs) and completely adore his whole family they are also just like us four girls and a boy at the end yeah yeah just yep. like the two of us. They're wonderful people. Yes, we they love are. them very much. Yes. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time and being vulnerable and coming on here and sharing your heart with us. You're welcome. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Love you. Love you. So good to sit down with Amanda Brown this week on the Encounter Culture Podcast. Next week, we're going to be inviting back Mark Hendrickson. I know you've heard him on here a couple of times before, talking about intimacy with the Father and how to go after that intentionally pursuing the Father, turning away from your everyday routine and finding time alone with Him. And next week, we're going to be sitting down again with Mark and talking about how to carry your own oil. It's such a good time, and you definitely don't want to miss it. It's going to be another wonderful episode. It's going to be episode three of season two here on the Encounter Culture Podcast. We'll see you then.